back everyone to great quarter gals uh as you can see i am the only one here today unfortunately kaylee is sick so prayers out to you kaylee hope you get better soon it is that wonderful sixth season unfortunately got her today but i'm here to of course introduce you to another wonderful woman within this industry who has a big impact and has her former jobs another huge impact on not only our supply chains but our economy as a whole so I figured, what a perfect person to have on the show. We'll get to her in a second. Uh, before then, uh, we have a, a lot of great things over the past couple of weeks that we've been able to do. Of course, we've wrapped up F3. Haley and I got the chance to go to the Women in Trucking Conference, which was absolutely wonderful. Really happy that we got a chance to go out there and meet a lot of friendly faces. And part of those friendly faces, of course, were a number of women in tech within this industry. Now, unfortunately, because our episode was on the second or third day of the convention, you didn't get to see the last day, which announced the Women uh, in Trucking Technology Innovation Award. And I was really excited to see that it was someone that's brought up on our sh or my show, Point of Sale, quite frequently, Walmart. Now, we got a chance, of course, to interview some wonderful women uh, from Walmart, a lot of truck drivers within Walmart, all who have said, honestly, we asked four, four or five of them at the same time, how long are you looking to drive for Walmart? All of them said at the same time until we retire, which I mean, in an industry where retention is our biggest issue, it's probably the best thing we could ever hear. Well, it's not just, of course, the culture that Walmart's built, but a part of culture and what we always talk about here is the technology that's driving your culture to be an innovator within the space. Well, Walmart, you did it again. No wonder your supply chain uh, technology is, is where it's at today. And of course, the biggest reason they won that award is because of their in-house technology called InTransit. That's N-T-R-A-N-S-I-T. Now, InTransit's actually uh, parked and uh, integrated into platform science. Um, we've talked about platform science on point of sale in the past, not on this show. Uh, shout out to uh, female investors as part of the uh, platform science, Tracy Black, to name one. Uh, but platform science and, and transit have linked together to create a really great single platform for all of their drivers to use to figure out exactly when they're scheduled to drive, where they need to go, where they need to deliver. A lot of these drivers, right, are going from Walmart's warehouses to Walmart locations. And we all know GPS isn't always accurate, but N-Transit's great. It even gets down to the exact point at a Walmart where a driver needs to go dock and deliver, uh, which, and when we talk about geofencing and things of that nature, it doesn't always go as planned in that way. So uh, shout out to you, Walmart supply chain. Uh, you are on top of it, not only making a wonderful, wonderful uh, culture for women drivers who want to be a part of an organization that's continuing to grow and continuing to scale and continuing to innovate. Uh, but of course, your technology is ahead of its time. Uh, and that's why I'm sure you're placed on the retail list that you are today. So congratulations and congratulations to uh, Freight Tech winner in the past platform science for partnering with Walmart to make sure that they have a technology culture that's going to keep women there and women in those seats as well. Now, like I said, I have a really special guest today, someone who I met actually through Transmission, one of our other shows uh, here at Freightways. Uh, she came on the show to talk about a lot of the work that she's doing for EVs at the time. And I figured with her wealth of knowledge, we might as well bring her on here, introduce you and her to our audience, uh, and dive into some interesting questions when it comes to the economy, of course, EV, uh, climate work that she's doing, 
And on top of it, what it's like to be a woman rising through the ranks all the way up to the Obama administration. Ellen Hughes Cromwick, thank you so much for joining me today. Excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Grace. Really excited to be here. Thanks. Of course. And for everyone out there, you can jump on her LinkedIn. You can check out her resume. It is absolutely stacked. It's something I, I hope to maybe retire someday, even though you are continuing to fight the great cause still. Uh, she has worked in the past as the chief economist for a Ford company. And then from there, the chief economist at the U.S. Department of Commerce for the Obama administration. And now she's a senior resident fellow for climate energy programs at Third Way. Uh, Ellen, I want to start there. Tell us a little bit about Third Way, what the organization is for, and, and more importantly, what you're doing to make sure that this economy, as it grows, is including all Americans within that growth as well. Yes, in fact, Third Way is a think tank organization, and its mission is to accelerate the fastest, fairest path to net zero emissions by 2050. Uh, here in the U.S. We have other parts of our organization that look at, study, and also make policy recommendations across a host of issues. For example, we have an economic program that looks at different policies that help improve equity or help improve income equality. And in the climate and energy program, we have so many great team members that are working in terms of developing the evidence to support this effort to reduce CO2 emissions in our economy. How can we do that profitably for our companies here in the U.S.? And how can we generate job growth as we undertake this transition to a clean energy economy? It's a lot of fun and it is exciting to know what the areas are in the U.S. where we're already competitive. We're already in the areas of hydrogen, of capturing CO2 emissions with direct air capture equipment. All of these different areas that I just hope we can get the message out that the transition's already happening and we have a lot of jobs that are now being created in renewable industries like solar and offshore wind. I love that. And I completely agree. This is one of the sectors where I think um, people sometimes fear their job being lost. But I think it's one of those where and you pro I would be surprised if you have the math of this of where maybe a job is lost, but two others are created in its in its spot. And I know when we had you on transmission, you dove into that work in the exact areas and the work you're doing to actually gauge those added jobs. And so I'm excited to have you on. I want to dive into that a little bit more in a second here. First, though, as we're going through this current economic climate that we're seeing today, um, maybe what concerns you the most with your uh, economic background uh, when it comes to recession and especially a lower demand that we're seeing in the freight world today. I'm sure you and your audience know better than anybody else the kind of supply chain disruptions that we've had and that were really launched as part of COVID and coping with COVID and how we were uh, really kind of shook up, uh, you know, to realize how vulnerable our supply chain was 
and is. And one of the areas that I think is important for us to understand and help kind of create is what are the supply chains of the future going to look like? And how is our economy going to be impacted by this shift in the supply chains? We know that it has to happen because we saw a lot of vulnerabilities. I mean, who knew um, that we had to worry about protective equipment that was produced in other countries and for which we didn't have supply? And I think the chip supply shortage that we saw wrap the automotive industry is another example. And given that the Asian market, specifically China, is still you know, implementing a COVID restriction policy that uh, continues to disrupt supply chains, we are getting wake-up calls every single day that we have to do something about this. I think that right now, when you look at the economic forecast for 2023 for the U.S. economy, a lot of economists, myself included, are concerned about how these disruptions will impact yet again more price pressures, i.e. inflation. And I think that is one of the issues that we're going to have to watch really carefully next year. I think it's still a big risk. While a lot of economists are calling for a recession next year, I don't see any leading indicators that are fanning recession right now, even though we've got a lot of people thinking it's going to happen one way or another. We'll get some indication this Friday when we get the job report for the month of uh, November. And right now, the consensus forecast is that the economy created 200,000 more jobs in the month of November. That doesn't sound like a recession to me. Well, that's uh, a follow-up question I do have for you. Is, do you do you believe that the Feds, Powell, and General have made the right decisions for our economy today, and, and why or why not? Well, I do think the Federal Reserve, in their dual mandate of achieving maximum employment and price stability, has executed a policy designed to achieve that mandate. While it would be great to have ultra-low interest rates forever. We know that in order to tame inflation, interest rates have to go up. I don't think there's any question that they've been attempting to pursue an appropriate policy to achieve those mandates. And while today inflation is still really high, I've been watching prices at the grocery store, and I'm sure, you know, your audience is probably doing that too, Grace. (laughs) Uh, I think I I almost fell down when I saw the price of just, you know, kind of a a boneless breast of chicken at the store on Sunday. Uh, I kind of caught my breath and said, okay, that's where we are. Uh, But... You know, the Fed has to, you know, execute on this policy. They know how to control inflation. That is not an issue. We know that the tools work. 
We know that they can be painful as people face higher mortgage rates or job pain and suffering. So we know that that unfortunately is part of the process to get that inflation rate down. Yeah, it, it's funny you bring up the grocery store even yesterday. I'm very, I'm one of those like, look at what you're paying per an ounce type of people. And when I saw the large box of cereal was maybe a 0.1 cent cheaper, I said, uh oh, here we go. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not going anywhere. Uh, and I love that answer. And, and, and to kind of back up a little bit too to something you brought up, uh, I know that your group's done a lot of work with Biden's Indo Pacific Economic Framework in order to, of course, it, help, hopefully make our supply chain a little bit more resilient when it looks at suppliers out in uh, Asia as well. Can you tell us a little bit more about the work that you're doing? And do you think that this over time is going to help those supply chains overcome a lot of the problems we saw? I mean, even down to the PPE, it's funny you brought that up. I, I almost for, completely forgot about the issues that we had with how much PPE we had at, at our own shore. Uh, do you think that that IPEF uh, framework is going to help in, in the future if this were to happen again? Well, you know, when I was at the Commerce Department, I worked a lot on the Trans-Pacific Partnership, now the so-called TPP, and we worked vigorously with our Asian partners to establish a trade agreement that would have been so good for American industries. Uh, you know, just unfortunately could not get congressional bipartisan support for that effort. And now the um, IPEF or this new Asian uh, initiative in terms of trade is, you know, trying to open up these pathways to ensure that we can work with our Asian trading friends and partners to increase market access both ways, both flows for them and for us. Now, um, I don't know where uh, that is likely to land. I'm not, uh, you know, privy to all of the negotiations that are taking place, but I can tell you and your audience that such trade efforts are vitally important for clean energy technologies. It's vitally important for electric vehicles here in the U.S. and also electrified trucks as we innovate and expand our ability to produce low-cost, low-weight battery packs for electric trucks. And I think that it behooves us to open up these trade pathways. We have to ensure that, you know, this idea that we can produce everything here in the U.S., no, not likely. We have a comparative advantage and a competitive advantage in many different areas that affect trucking, that affect commercial and retail vehicles. But there are other nations in Asia, our trading partners Australia, et cetera, you know, they're going to be really um, just, I guess I should say, very strong partners with us as we move into these new clean energy industries. And I, I just, you know, I know it sounds really remote and offshore and, you know, all those things that seem like it's part of a, a future that we can't envision. 
but it is an important part and one that I hope we can all support. I love that and to bring up EVs as well. I know that's how we first met was talking on that topic. And I'd love to get your thoughts on exactly where you think the EVs are within transportation today, both heavy duty and light vehicles, and what factors might be holding back electric vehicles from being adopted faster within our industry. Wow, has the world changed since we did that transmission piece? <laughs> I, I, I can remember working at um, the University of Michigan Energy Institute in 2017 and 2018, and I started doing some work on battery economics because the university had two battery labs. And I had this like aha moment at one point. I said, oh my gosh, this is really happening. It's happening fast. And I got really excited about electric vehicles. I had kind of parked that and wasn't working in that area, but I, I kind of got back in and got really excited because the economics were getting just more and more attractive. Now look where we are. We just published a memo that has a map. You can go in and click on uh, the map and play around with the data in there. And the map shows all of the battery cell announcements since the Congress passed the infrastructure law, the bipartisan infrastructure law. And you know, before that, I had a spreadsheet, an Excel file, and I was checking, gee, if we can even get to 300 uh, gigawatts of battery capacity in the U.S., that would be great. Well, we're blowing past that. And the battery provisions that were in the infrastructure law and then in the Inflation Reduction Act is bringing the price of battery cells down to about $50 a kilowatt hour. And compare that to 2010, when they were $1,000 a kilowatt hour. And so that's why the industry is taken off. And overnight, we're producing, you know, we're going to be producing these battery cells, and we're adding all of these jobs in the U.S. economy. It's astounding uh, what's happened just in the last 24 months. And it's a lot of it's the great work you're doing to make that visible. Uh, I will say that I hear sometimes the argument that the combustion engine vehicles are becoming more climate friendly. Uh, what would your response be to, to that answer when it comes to implementing more electric vehicles within our space? Yes, I totally agree. Um, internal combustion engine vehicles are getting more fuel efficient. It is amazing what engineers and scientists have done to that technology over the last uh, four decades, really. They have really improved that machine substantially. At the same time, I would say to your audience, it's still not enough. We're now in a situation where a, an electric vehicle in the light vehicle market makes more economic sense for drivers, for consumers, and makes more clean energy sense for the environment. You know, we have to pull out all the stops to achieve a reduction in CO2 emissions in 
the world economy, not just the U.S. Every little bit helps. And, you know, I know a lot of people think, well, it's just so far beyond our, our <laughs> time horizon, our landscape. It's, it's in another world. No, and I guess I have to keep emphasizing this. I'm sorry, but the science is very clear that this is a near and present danger. It is not something that we can imagine. And I think for many of us, especially households that live near highways, that, that live in areas where they're exposed to even a little bit of emissions, yeah. uh, that the healthcare costs are sizable. And I just, I, I can't believe all, this, all these studies coming out to say we're actually going to help billions of dollars of improvement in public health as we transition to clean energy. And what better way to do it than with the kind of technology that our U.S. companies are creating? I love that. And to wrap up this show, and just, first off, thank you for coming on. You're just full of wealth. We could have done probably another whole half hour, to be honest. Um, this show is for women to feel and meet more people in the industry and know that, you know, it's they can grow their careers. And one thing I found I find fascinating about your uh, former background is you've you've been at different points. You're, you've always stuck to economy banking, but you've gone from Ford to working in the government sector to now working uh, more in this uh, like advocacy space. You're very good at pivoting your career, and I think a lot of women that makes them nervous making those pivots. I myself went from working at a brokerage to doing this, right? It's it's crazy. What advice would you give women who are looking to pivot their career in the ways that you have? I think that they have to ensure that they have confidence to do that. How important is it to have the confidence to imagine the opportunities that you have before you? Never cut yourself short. Never think that you don't have the capabilities. I have to say that to all the, all the people that I mentor and that I talk to on a regular basis. Hey, you have the potential. You have the ability to expand your career horizons and search for those and make those choices. It's perfectly fine if one of them doesn't quite work out. That's okay. I think the important part is that you're willing to take the journey, that you have the confidence to do that. And so I do think confidence is an incredibly valuable ingredient to women's choice about what their future looks like. And really, to me, the sky is not even the limit. I think women have so much potential and so much to offer. And that's really how I felt as I went through that journey over the course of many years. And I hope that... Anybody out there who's thinking about taking a move, take the step. It's okay. You know, you, you'll do it. You'll be able to do it. And you are a perfect example of, of being able to do that as well. Uh, thank you so much, Ellen, for coming on the show. And thank you for all the work that you're doing at Third Way as well. And to you, Grace, as well. I think this show is fantastic. Keep it up and congratulations. Well, thank you so much. And 
for our audience as well. Uh, of course, we'll have Kaylee back with us next week as she gets over her cold. Oh, Kaylee, feel better. I missed you. This has been great to have you on here too. And for everyone, of course, uh, make sure you go to uh, the other great shows. Subscribe to wherever you're watching this today, uh, whether it's through podcasts, YouTube, or if you're watching on Freightways TV, make sure you keep doing that. Uh, go check out my show tonight as well. We're on Sirius XM Radio, Freightways Drive Time every single day, Monday through Friday from 5 to 7 p.m. on the Road Dog Trucking Channel 146. And if you miss it, you can watch it, listen to it at 11. Or if you uh, have the app, you can listen to it on demand whenever you want as well. Other than that, thank you, everyone. I will see you next week with Kaylee. And thank you, Ellen. This has been a wonderful show. Have a good one. One, two, three, ho! Oh!